I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London because Jules is back. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Jules, what a show because there's so much going on. Yeah. The transfer window winding down, yeah. Arsenal dropping points, uh, Bayern winning, not really impressing, Juventus very angry, Barcelona yeah. a wild one this weekend. Speaking of wild ones though, there's one place to start and it's at St. James Park. Newcastle and Liverpool. Um, there's tons to talk about in this yep. game. Newcastle take the lead. Liverpool go down to 10 men. You figure, okay, done, dusted, no Virgil van Dijk, mm, easy. And then it's Darwin time. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle have a ton of chances. They should have been two, maybe three nil up at some point. They Almiron. The Almiron, Almiron could have had a hat-trick. Easily. Alisson was amazing in goal. Uh, and Liverpool wrote their luck, stayed in the game. To be fair to them, Klopp made some good substitutions, not like Eddie Howe, we'll come to that in a bit. And then they turned the, the game on its head, really Darwin, two moments, one mistake by Byrne, and then Bruno Guimaraes losing the ball where he should not have lost the ball. And then Salah for Darwin and the clinical Darwin finish, like he can do, like we haven't seen enough of him doing maybe, but like he can do. And in the end, for me, it's a game that Newcastle lost more than Liverpool won, in a sense, because they were in complete control and should have never let that game go away. It's tough because we we always remember, you know, the end of the game and we remember um, how how Newcastle threw it away, as, yeah, yeah. as, as you put yeah, it, right? Yeah, definitely. If I'm Liverpool, if I'm Klopp right now and I go back and I'm saying and I'm reviewing this game, yeah, he can be happy. He said like, oh, he's had a thousand games in Madrid, never seen anything like yeah, it, blah, blah, blah. That, yeah. Great. I mean referring back to the comeback against Barcelona. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's a few as um, well. Yeah. I think he's had, I think he's had a few games, better comebacks. But yeah. equally, I'm imagining he's not going to be happy at all. He's not going to be happy about Van Dijk getting sent off. Yeah. Uh, and not because with the disagrees with referee decisions, you, he switches off and so yeah, he's like, wrong position. Right? And in that situation, and I, I think it was the correct decision, Yeah. Uh, he's not going to be happy with Trent Yep. Not for Again. the first time. Mm -hmm. That booking, I mean, you've been told. And and okay, he was fouled, I thought, by Anthony Gordon. But because you get fouled, the referee doesn't call it, doesn't mean you can just throw the exactly. ball away when the guy goes to pick it up. Right? He should he have been sent off, yeah. Um, so he's not... And you can say that the substitutes made a big impact, and, and they did, Elliot, Diogo Jota, and yep. then obviously Darwin later. But equally, those were the guys who didn't start. I know, I agree with you. So is he? I mean, I'm saying like, but, but when is he's he concerned, so, is he going to be angry? I mean, he's going to be more happy than not, obviously because of the win. But I think like we saw even against Bournemouth, like we saw at Chelsea, where they could not be consistent enough for a big period of time enough. I think there's a lot of things to work on, starting with the midfield. And we're not going to go again on the defence. Konate wasn't there because he's already injured. So Matip stepped, in, stepped up, stepped in, sorry. I, I think... Whatever game plan you have, whatever intentions you have in a game, when you concede so early and then go down to 10 minutes after 30 minutes, it goes, it just everything goes out the window. So I don't know how much he would be cross. Certainly, I think with Trent, because we saw against Bournemouth, this is not, I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on with Trent, but it's, this is just not good enough. Defensively, I mean, what we see back-to-back -back games. I now feel like mistakes. you've been saying this for the past three Everybody years. Everybody has, I know. But I just, I just... You know, I, I, I can know. deal with you misreading a, a situation defensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't deal with you making a mental error, two mental errors, which could have cost you another red card. Because the Anthony Gordon thing, 
uh, the, 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 throwing the ball away is just stupid. And the second one, you know, that's crazy. You don't need to do that. Where yeah, is he yeah. going? You're by the yeah. sideline. You, 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 you've, you've got help. You can maybe even catch Anthony. He's in his own half. If, exactly. he, if you know, if he was going through on goal, okay, maybe, but not like that. Um, you, Eddie Howe said that they played better 11 v 11. It's something we often hear from uh, from coaches, and I always wonder about this. Surely you must train playing with a man up and playing yeah. with a man down. For sure. Here at home, make the pitch big. How do you not manage that lead? And you didn't like his substitutions. No, I didn't like. I thought he was very naive the way he did in a game where they've been really, really in control for most of it. And like we said, they should have been 2 0 up, maybe 3 0 up at some point. But as long as Liverpool were still in the game, don't try to attack and go and score the second goal when there's 10 minutes to go and you're 1-0 up at home. And you can just play Rondo, basically. And Liverpool were pressing better. And obviously, when Jota comes on with energy, when Elliot comes on with energy and Darwin, all of that, I get it. But come on, don't bring in Harvey Barnes who, who can only think about running forward straight, like, you know, sprinting with the ball. That's all he does. I mean, come on, you know, it was all about managing the ball, keeping the ball, and they didn't do that. All right, Jules, let's get into this a little bit more. And let's start with the Virgil van Dijk red card. Because yeah. we talk about mental errors. Mm -hmm. uh, when we go and normally it's Trent who gets crucified for defensive mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And we've done that. Yeah. Um, here was Virgil van Dijk. Now, uh, Alexander Isak is, is through. He's just outside the box. Van Dijk is late with a tackle. And when you watch it, it looks to me like he's late with a tackle, in part because he's distracted, because to his left, on, on the other side, Tonali's running yeah. through, and yeah. Andy Robertson is three steps behind him. Now, I love Tonali. Yeah. But I know for a fact he's not as fast as Robertson. Yeah. So did Robertson get caught up off the pitch? Did somebody miss their defensive movements? Am I making excuses for Virgil because I like Virgil? No, I don't think so. I think he's he's he can see Isak on his right and basically, like you said, Tonali behind him on his left. I think he's in between because he's, if the ball goes to Tonali, he's there. And he steps he steps in and intercepts right. the ball. And he uh, he must be thinking, I'm also okay with Isak. But I think he should be only focused on Isak because, like you said, when I think Robertson, who's late and who's at fault, would catch Tonali. And even if Tonali gets the ball, he's still quite wide compared to the right. ball, compared to Isak. So I think there's an error of judgment, of judgment from Van Dijk not to focus solely on Isak. And then, for me, he just, he just takes him out. He, he swipes at him like in judo, no you know, when you like... Yeah. There's no question that it's a foul. So to Definitely me, the debate not. is, is it a denial of goal-scoring opportunity? And I think you just have to look at it is if he doesn't foul him, is Isaac likely to score? If he yeah, doesn't yeah. foul him, he's one-on-one -on -one with Allison. Yeah, exactly. And you can say, oh, but it's Allison. Yeah, but I know. And on that, top of that, there's the red for trend that was not given, obviously, which I'm sure played in the referee's mind. I hadn't, that hadn't occurred to me that... I'm not saying it's it compensation, but... It really should not have. No, it should not have, but I'm sure, as we've said, I mean, you know, you know that's my theory all the time. Because you if you start thinking that way, then if I'm caught, I'd be like, yeah, go ahead, send off Trent, but leave us Virgil, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't, at least offensively. Yeah, but like, I think the referee realized very quickly that he made a mistake by not sending off Trent. Um, like he should have. I want to get into But what's the... happening with Van Dijk? Just, just briefly, quickly. Because last season was not good. And he was not yeah. good collectively as for a team as Liverpool overall. He was not good individually at all. We saw him with, with the Netherlands being pretty bad in the Nations League as well at the end of the season. And now his start of the season is not very good either. Like, 
I thought it was better. It was it was a better start to the season this year. Now, obviously, he made a big mental error here, and he cost them. Um, and from what I'd heard, you know, he'd he's not stupid. He knows the season he had last year, and that he had doubled down in preseason, mm-hmm. and you know was ready to to really go back to the level he was at, probably pre-injury. Um, and I thought he was headed that way, but something like this, I think, can be a real blow now because now he's out for. You know, you've got the international break. Yeah. Then he's going to be. He's going to have the suspension. So, you know, we're not going to probably see him until late September again. Yeah, I mean, he's going to play. In, you would think in, in Europe, I guess. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah, but in the league, yeah, one Champions League game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one no, Europa, Europa League. League even. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just wondering if. There was also a time where he was that good because the midfield ahead of him was that good. Oh, and that? now that the midfield is not that good anymore, we see a bit more of the flaws you know that he has in his game at his edge now. You know what we need? Because obviously the midfield before was, was so good. We need some, some stats nerd to come up and give us data on situations that, Dar- that, that Virgil dealt with before yeah. with kind of the original, the super, the Vinaldum Henderson uh, midfield. Yeah. And now, and see what the difference is. Yeah, yeah. Midfield now a work in progress. Obviously, we saw we saw Endo mm-hmm. uh, in there. Again, hard to judge because you go down to ten men yeah, after yeah, yeah. after half an hour. Um, but I thought I thought they really struggled. Uh, you know, even at ten v eleven. I, as I mentioned before, Eddie Howe said, "Ooh, well, you know, we were better at 11 v 11." He's like, "Yeah, no, you not." It's just something you say. Yeah, and obviously, you threw yeah, it away yeah. at the end. In fact, I mean, Milan had a hat trick of chances. Yeah, as we said. Yeah, um, and I thought Liverpool really struggled to keep them out until yeah, completely. later when he made the changes. But even that was more a case of, of intermittent pressing, which which Liverpool did really, really well, and, mm. and they were rewarded. I think Klopp's substitution really, and to be fair, Klopp must have said to the players, listen, as long as we stay in the game 1-0, we will have, at some point, we will have a chance because of what we have on the bench. And when you can bring Jota, Darwin and Elia and bring their energy and what they can do, even at 10 against 11 and play on the counter, they played with, they, we only had three players attacking, sometimes four, and that was it. And that was enough sometimes to put a bit of chaos into the Newcastle box and or around the box because, the, because Salah, Jota and Darwin or Salah, Jota, Diaz, you know, whatever, are just that good individually and they can take you on and dribble and everything. So, so credit to Klopp because his substitutions were really good and it worked because they stayed in the game because Alisson kept them in the game for so long. Which, as we said before, was not the same for Eddie Howe, who I think messed up completely his substitutions and, and the balance of the game. Question that comes in with, with Darwin. Um, the, the first one, you know, the ball comes off with Dan Burns' backside yeah. and stays right there. Yeah. You know, that, that could have gone anywhere, right? Yeah. And I think you have to recognize that a little bit. You're also critical of Byrne on the second one where it looks like he gets turned around. Yeah, and Bruno who for losing the ball and there. Bruno you loses don't the lose ball. the ball there. But equally, you've got a six foot seven, whatever, however tall he is. Yeah. I, you're inviting situations like this, aren't you? I mean, they, I, I, yeah, don't, I don't care how risk. athletic he is, but like, and I just want to explain this for people who don't seem to understand this, right? When you are that tall, your lateral movement is going to be impaired compared to a smaller player. It doesn't, mm. doesn't matter how great a defender you are. 
um, you put Virgil van Dijk at fullback, it's not going to be fun seeing him against against a little guy. I mean, Darwin's yeah. not a little guy, but he's a quick guy, and you've got to change him. It's just more difficult when you've got such a big frame. It, yeah. This is obvious. Now, Burns done very well. You know, we all praise Brighton for being geniuses. He played fullback at Brighton. He plays fullback yeah. now. So I'm not questioning it, but can you just explain the, the logic? Like, does the benefit of Burn because he doesn't just sit back and pretend, you know, as like an extra center back, right? No, he, he goes comes forward. forward yeah. well. I mean, he doesn't score much or assist much. We saw last season scoring what, that one goal. But what what is the logic with not I, playing him at, I mean, at center back, right? Botman yeah. and Cher are better. But yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got really good, but I, but I think he also, with Trippier on the other side, you go again with the three and a half. Yeah. Exactly. Back three and a half. Yeah, exactly. So it's a back three because he's not as attacking and not as good on the ball than Trippier is on the right. So you, you keep the balance of your defense. When Trippier goes forward, you know you've got Burn there with Botman and Shah. So I guess that makes you a bit a bit more solid. There's there's, a, there's one thing on that goal, on the second goal, the Darwin the second Darwin goal. I don't think Burn or anybody in that Newcastle defense expect Bruno Guimaraes to lose the ball where he does. So imagine in your head, you have your burn, you have the ball, right. right? You know Darwin is there. Salah is a bit deeper because there are only 10 men in Liverpool. So you have the ball. You feel, okay, our line is good here. So the back four was, was well aligned. We have the ball. This is good. Suddenly Bruno loses the ball. And then because, it's Liverpool, because at that level, you lose the ball. And then suddenly you're under pressure because Salah can pick the pass that he does for Darwin. And so if you burn... You're already there, but you've already played 80, well, 90 minutes. You must be tired. You know it's 1-1, one, one, so the, the tension is there. In the stadium, it's not the same atmosphere at all than it was even 10 minutes before when you were 1-0 up and looking like cruising that you were going to win. And suddenly, the ball, the ball come, must come at him really, really fast with Darwin running. And I just don't think he deals, well, he deals with it that well at all. And yeah. the last thing is, Darwin just scored a goal 10 minutes before, Right. It's a similar position. The ball is on the floor. This time the ball is a little bit in the air, okay? But Nick Pope is beaten on his right-hand side, right? The, the, and the, the shot goes across him, right? 100% Darwin is going to put the ball in the same place, having scored the same, pretty much the same goal 10 minutes before. How can Pope is beaten again on the same side, right? By the same player in the same position 10 minutes later. I don't understand. Do you think it's the old thing about like, oh, goalkeeper must never give up a goal on, on his near post type mentality? I don't know. Or maybe he thought, okay, Darwin put it on my right the first time. He's going to put it on my left. But that would be odd. That would be weird. So if, even looking at it, I was, okay, it's a really good finish and it's right by the, so there's not much, I don't think many goalkeepers, but I'm just saying, if I was Pop, I would be thinking, okay, he just scored the same one there. Surely he, there's a big chance that he's going to put it in the same place. Darwin yeah. is a confidence player. Do you no, see what I mean? Especially 100%. when he misses chances. And, and for another reason as well, is that you would expect him to put it across from that position because in case Pope parries it, deflects it back out, Very true. there's going to be a runner coming And that, most of those finishes are like that. Anyway, they go across, yeah. goal on the right of the For that very back. reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I want to talk about the Liverpool front forward situation. And I hate doing this, Liverpool fans. And I'm going to repeat what Rami Abbas, Mo Salah's agent, said. He said if he wanted to move, he would have moved earlier. But this story will not go away. <laughs> uh, there's outlets in Saudi reporting that, oh, Mo Salah just played his last game for, for Liverpool and so on. Now, as somebody who lives in England as a fan of the Premier League, I hope that I'm a fan of Mo Salah. I hope that's not the case. That said, and I, and I think from Liverpool's perspective, 
I still think right now there is a gap. I know they have five big name forwards, and Moneyball suggests that you should ditch one of them uh, and monetize them, especially if, you know, like Salah, he's in his 30s, he makes a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe you can then strengthen other, other areas of the pitch, right? And they certainly have the alternatives because it's Diaz, it's Darwin, it's Jota, it's Gakpo. Sobosly can play mm. in the front three. Elliot um, as well. Uh, Harvey Elliott as well, mm. yeah. Um, but I was just, I was just thinking about this. Like, you, is there a number at which, and which it makes sense? And, and Klopp's comments is. about the window being open, which we'll get to later. I mean, does it suggest that in the back of his mind, like you know, as much as he wants to keep him, which maybe Salah wants to stay. If they put a big enough number in front of the ownership, the ownership they say, like, this would be stupid for us to keep them. Yeah. Surely. I mean, yeah, I think there's always a number. There's always a price for anybody, anywhere, whatever your job is. And would, more a price be. for Liverpool than a price for Salah. Because yeah. I'm assuming... Yeah, yeah. I, look, if they had... If Salah said, like, oh, I love it in Anfield, but you know what? I'm going to go and, and, and love Al-Akhli uh, if for $250 million a year, whatever, for yeah. Benzema-type money, whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that didn't happen, as far as we know. Like, yeah. I'm sure they can put together a package if he wants to, but he's not moving because he wants to make more money, right? No. So then you work on the ownership, and you go to the owners and say, he makes a lot of money, he makes $15 million a year, give or take. He's got two years left, he's in his 30s, you have these other strikers. No. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I like the way Klopp responded to it and said, like, we have no offers, but even if we had, it would not move for, you know, whatever. If you put 100 million on the table, I think they would think about it for sure. And if you put 150 million, 150, they pull the trigger. I don't know. If Salah doesn't want to, go, doesn't want to leave, I think after everything is given to that club, it's hard to push him out and say, listen, I know you want yeah. to stay, but... I, I, I would agree, and this is why I think it's unlikely, although I think... They're going to continue talking about it. There's another factor too, which I'm writing a column about this and we're going to get into later as well. For all this perception, Saudi Arabia, so much money. Um, it's only four teams that are spending money yeah, in Saudi yeah, Arabia yeah. because the others don't have any money. <clears throat> I'm going to go into detail on this in my column, which should drop later this week. But um, those four teams, their strikers are Alexander Mitrovic, who, yeah. who just arrived. Maybe they would have signed Salah, but you know, they have Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Kareem Benzema, and I'm forgetting the uh, fourth, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, anyway, it's somebody else really, really good. It'll come to me in a minute, right? Yeah. So when you have four top end, you know, kind of goal scoring forwards, obviously Salah, you can say, plays wide. Yeah, right? yeah, a bit like Mane. And- yeah, is he going to go so he can, to Al Nasser so he can keep up with, with Mane and Cristiano? I don't think so. No. I don't, you know. Uh, and, and there's a limit, and there's a limit in the number of slots, and so yeah. on. And even for the Champions League, there's a limit of players. Yeah, so I feel pretty. Good I don't know. Next thing. summer, with a year left on his contract, I think he's going. If the Saudis are still have the same investment policy, but now I don't think. It yeah, I'm not even think it's a Saudi. I think it's a public investment fund. Yes, 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 yes. That's for sure. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the 
Did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Liverpool. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Wild stuff from Barcelona, who come from behind to beat Villarreal 4-3 on the road, Jules. This game was another roller coaster. It was it was crazy, Gav. They went 2-0 up to start with, and they were 3-2 down just after the break, and then they came back to win to win 4-3 Lewandowski with the last goal. Lamin Yamal, who we mentioned in the next quick hits, was, was I have to say, outstanding for someone who is 16 and 45 days. Uh, and for all the, the defensive brilliance of last season, and they've got a lot of players missing defensively, of course. Frankie de Jong still had to play in that kind of weird back three. Marco Solonso and Sergio Roberto, your yeah, fullbacks, exactly. probably not what you're looking for. Exactly, you're right. But it's good as well for Barca and Xavi to win in a different way than the 1-0 or 2-0 that we've seen before. I thought they create, I thought they played well with the ball. They created, but Villarreal helps you do that because they... Because they're kicking Exactly. So they're, they're so very they're attacking, open. they're very open, they're this and that. So they won't, they won't win like that every single game. However, I think it's, it's, it's positive to win well, and score four goals. It's always good. So I thought Lewandowski's not had a great start to the season. No. What I did not expect, because he's a striker and we're talking about strikers, confidence. Afterwards, he was asked, a, a, I was watching on Liga TV, he was asked a question about Lamine Yamal and then he answers that and then he takes it onto himself and he talks about how he's had a difficult start to the season and he's not where he wants to be. Yeah. And I thought, you know, hats off to you, Leva, because I I, it takes a big man to do that. Xavi obviously has a ton of faith in him. He did look a lot better when Ferran Torres came into play alongside him. Mm. Is he reaching this point of the season or point of his career where maybe he's more effective in a two? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he can't do it all on his own anymore. Like holding the ball up like he used to be before and was so good at it. Being in the box at the right time, at the right right place. Being that extra sharp. It's just a lot of work, especially when Gavi's in the front three. Which, yeah, which is, is pretty much a fixture these days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And talking about Lamin Yamal, Gabi hit the woodwork twice, one with each foot, he delivered an assist, he was involved in the Lewandowski goal when he hit the post. He's 16 and 45 days, as we said, Gab. Are you still thinking he's too young, like you said at the end of last year? You know what? When facts change, opinions change. <laughs> um, no, because like I said, often you see youngsters get into the team and it's always the same thing, right? They're always wingers or strikers and there are always people who go and they, they, they take people on, right? And then they lose the ball and they track back. Uh, I think he he struggled defensively against Pedraza. I mean, he was asked to kind of cover yeah, the flank bet, by himself. Yeah. Uh, and look, it's not a knock on him. He's he's going to learn. He's going to grow with that. But you look at his decision making. You look at his maturity. You look at his yeah. confidence. Um, you know that that pass that that he made with his weaker foot. Yeah, he has a weaker foot. Uh, you look at his size. Yeah, it's pretty special. It's, it is special. 
Arsenal draw 2-2 at home with Fulham duels. This could have gone either way, but there was something masochistic about no. Arsenal on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, giving away two goals like that, the first one after well, just a minute, that pass from, from Saka. The first one, three mistakes in one. Saka, yeah. party. And also, I'm sorry, I don't, Ramsdale obviously wasn't expecting it. But he looked so awkward and weird. I think he expects the love. Like, I think he expects whatever he expected. Andreas he just did not look good. Yeah, but if if Andreas loves okay, it, fine, he goes fine, with right, his right, right arm. Right, right, right. Make excuses for no, him. No, no, Play no. That's soccer. what I mean. But but the, I, I like the way Arsenal responded in the second half. So this is this is my this is my theory about it. Going back to last season tactics. When you play in your 4-3-3 with almost a normal back four, let's put it that way. So White, Saliba, Kivio in this case, and Zinchenko were better than having party as a kind of a right back and then coming into midfield when you have the ball a bit like what City and Stones have done under Guardiola. I didn't think that worked for in the first half. The team was much better in the second half when Fabio Vieira came on as well. More verticality. They find a good part because Zinchenko helped in midfield as well. And the substitution from Arteta, Zinchenko and Ketia, Fabio Vieira changed the game with going back to last season tactics. It's a shame that in the end they, 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 they let that Palinia goal goes in. But I think going back to that was much better for a game, for a game like that. So it's a draw. It's, it's bad. You dropped two points that should not have dropped. But that second half was better than the first half. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him experimenting, trying this, you know, Havertz with Odegaard in midfield thing. I, I really don't have an issue with it because you have to try to evolve, right? You can't just say yeah, yeah. last season script was last season script. That said, I was not that impressed with him. I was not as impressed with Enketia as, as you were. Um, and I also think at the end, it could have gone either way. We saw both Leno and Ramsey. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if Adama Traore... You can't just let the guy run through like that. No, no. But, and then but, the damage psychologically would have been bigger. True, but he's would, walking a very, very fine line. It's but you're exposed because you try to go and win the game. If if they were still two one, Adama would have never been in that position. But it's, you have to do. You have to go and try to win the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But right? that's why Adama got all that space. Oh no, of course, and he's fast and whatever. But it's again, I'm going to give Arteta a pass because he is tinkering and he's trying to find Arsenal 2.0 basically. But I wouldn't be surprised if against United. On Sunday next weekend, which is the next game, he goes back to Zinchenko, White, Saliba, Gabriel, or Saliba, Kivio, back four, instead of having party on the right-hand side. Speaking of Arteta, John Jorgen Klopp in complaining about the fact that the transfer window is Saudi Arabia. Closes 19 days after the ones in Europe, in the European League. They called FIFA on FIFA to do something about it. Gab saying that he was now a competitor, the Saudi League, right. and that it was obviously unfair. What do you think? So Arteta said it was, oh, they're now a competitor. So first of all, FIFA doesn't make rules and shouldn't make rules based on whether you think, oh, look, now there's somebody competing with us. You need to stop them from competing yeah. us, right? So I don't know if he misspoke, whatever. He says a lot of things. That was a silly thing he said. Secondly, FIFA have very, very clear rules, right? You're allowed to have two transfer windows a year, one shorter one, which is four weeks, which in Europe is generally in January, and a longer one, which can be up to 12 weeks. The Saudis are playing by the rules. There's nothing stopping European leagues from having their window close on September yeah, 20th. Yeah, it would just right? start later, basically. It would just, yeah. like, it would just well, no, or it could just be open for longer than, 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 than the number of weeks that it's open because it's up to 12 weeks that that yeah, window could yeah. be, right? Uh, the, the Saudi Arabia starts, their domestic competition starts in August, same as the other European leagues. So it's not up to FIFA to change it. 
It's up to you, your leagues, to go and decide this. They're the yeah. ones who decide if you think it's an issue. But remember, it works both ways. Because in the past, we saw it when Turkey was open later, Russia was open later. It was always very convenient to have guys with a lot of money who you could like dump <laughs> people on, on because yeah. you couldn't move uh, when, when the window closed. Yeah. So, yeah, I, let's take it easy on this one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You asked for it. You got it. More quick hits. Yes. Manchester United go two goals down in the first four minutes against Nottingham Forest, but end up turning it around and winning 3-2. Jules, I'm actually bullish about United. <laughs> I don't think this team lacks fight. I think they believe in their manager. Uh, the other issues are elsewhere. Yeah, but they have issues. That's for sure. And I think that game, we knew it before the game. The game showed it again. There's a few... There's weird things that they did, like the defending on that first Taiwanese goal. When it's their corner, how can you be left exposed like that? It's, it's, it's a reminder Rashford, of the Bashak Sheer Champions League goal that they considered a few years ago under Solskjaer. How does Rashford not catch? I wonder if he's the size of a building. I mean, I know he's fast. He's but fast. Rashford, yeah. you would think it's, but whatever. But, but I, I don't think the fighting spirit was ever an issue here. I think we always knew they came back before under Ten Hag. They will do it again, especially at Old Trafford when you've got the fans. And there was always a feeling that Forest scored too early. Anyway, Forest could have scored more. United could have scored definitely more and won that game 5-4 or something or 4-3. But in the end, I think you care about the win. The, the second goal, the Casemiro goal, who had the miss of the season so far, was good in the combination. Even if Brandon Johnson switches off completely and I will never understand how you can do that at that level. However... Well done to United. Yeah, the issue here, I think, is personnel. I don't think it's it's, it's his lack of effort. I don't think it's lack of belief in Ten Hag. Is they need they have players who I don't think are necessarily as good as they want to be. Yeah, yeah. my big fear is the ownership looks at this and says, "Meh, Liverpool are up and down, kind of a car crash. Chelsea work in progress. Newcastle, blah." Do we really need to go and make an effort to add pieces? I mean, they've already made an effort this summer, though. But I mean, to add more pieces, um, we'll still finish third, right? Yeah, or maybe, fourth. maybe, maybe, maybe. And sticking with United and the owner, Gab, there was a protest against the Glazers again after the game. Any different than usual? No, what I was surprised and maybe a little disappointed of, and, and again, I, I wasn't there. I'm going by the numbers of people who were there. Yeah. Uh, basically, they said, all right, after the game, don't leave, you know, just come to the stand and, and protest against the Glazers. Great. There's about 5,000 people who stuck around. And I'm wondering, the other 65,000 people who were in Old Trafford... It's even more than that, what, yeah. Are they... Well, some of them were Force fans, yeah. maybe. Like, do they like the Glazers? Uh, do they want the Glazers? Is this why they enjoy in the protest? I mean, it's a peaceful protest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they not care? Uh, 
Can they not be bothered? Are they all Norwegian tourists? No, I, I'm, it's a serious question, right? Because yeah, this group yeah, that did yeah. it, no, no, they, know, they staged it right or wrong. If I'm a glazer, I look at this and I'm going to say, huh, the sentiment isn't out there. Maybe. The sentiment, there's not enough of you. We, we, we saw it last year, Valencia, Mestalla, they have 60,000 people on the street outside the stadium, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Chanting against Peter Lim. And there's only 5,000 yeah, here? Seen before, Do they not care? And that against the Glazers as well, uh, you know, our Trafford. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just waiting for the, for the sale to happen, if it does happen. Yeah, I, that, I that, that's waiting for Godot. Yeah, yeah. Paris Saint-Germain belongs 3-1. It's Kylian Mbappe. Yes. Scores two goals. Jules' first win of the season. And more importantly to me was the, the reaction from Emerson made it seem like the last six weeks never happened. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we were wondering what the Pas de Prince, how the Pas de Prince would welcome Kylian Mbappe, especially. And there was a standing ovation. He was cheered all the way. The performance was really, really good, to be fair. And what was a top game, really, really um, entertaining game because both teams were attacking. They were pressing high. It was... Ugarte was was great. I mean, Zaire Emery, who's 17, and we talked about Yamal before, and Zaire Emery is just a little bit older at 17 and five months, but incredible performance from him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the Euros with France next summer because he's just uh, he's just that good. No. Go back to Mbappe. Forgive, forget, for now. No, and he seems happy. So if he's happy, I'm happy. You know how much right. I love him anyway. So that's, that's it for me. Milan beat Torino 4-1 and Christian Pulisic scores again. Olivier Giroud as well, by the way. Gab is coming together nicely for Stefano Pioli. Uh, it's coming together very nicely. Pulisic, no issues down the right wing. Yunus yeah. Musa also making his debut in that. Uh, they're playing with that a lot of good. energy, a lot of intensity. Rafael Leao on top of his game. Yeah. Went, off injured, went off injured, but he's going to be okay. Big test. Friday against uh, Roma. Bigger than Torino. Much, Torino yeah. were terrible. Yeah. Ole Rodri winner helps Manchester City pass Sheffield United as Erling Holland misses a penalty and a couple other chances as well. Jules, too close to comfort without Pep Guardiola? Yeah, maybe. It was strange to not see him on the bench, of course, with that back injury that he has. And maybe, maybe it's a reason why they were a bit slow at times. They created loads of chances. They could easily have been 3-0 up after an hour. They were not, though. And the, the goal, we talked about mistakes before, the Harvey Barnes mistake, the Trent mistake, the Van Dijk yeah. mistake, the Saka mistake. The Carl Walker mistake in this game is just out of this world. How can you think it's a good idea to try a back heel in your own box well, in the 85th minute when you just one nil up away at Sheffield United and they are actually for once attacking? I, it's beyond me. I thought even worse than the back heel is, so he does the back heel, he ends up sliding off the pitch. And then he just stays down and he watches the rest of the, the ball remains it's in embarrassing. play. He watches, you don't expect this from somebody his it's age. I think really he bad. It. I don't think we're going to see this from him That's again. That's embarrassing. The screws keep turning on Luis Rubiales, Gab. Players are refusing to play for Spain. Some of his staff have, have um, resigned as well. He's been provisionally suspended by FIFA. The Spanish government is calling for his head. There's an emergency meeting by the new, uh, or the, the temporary Spanish FA head, um, Head of, the head of the Spanish FA now as well, Rocha. And even Jorge Vilda is calling his action unacceptable. Yeah, this is after applauding him uh, when know. he said he wasn't going to resign. But that's okay, because according to El Mundo, his mom is sticking with him. Uh, oh, yeah? El Mundo reporting a bizarre story. Story just breaking as we hear. That says that like she's gone to church and she's gone on a, on a hunger strike. Uh, it's oh, fine. Wow. Your mom will always love you. Yeah. Like, this situation's gone spinning out of control. It's gone way too far. I think this is only going to end one way. Uh, Rubiales thinks that there's a mediatic pylon. Oh to some degree, 
to some degree, you know, some more than one thing can be true. There's a lot of people who know nothing about this case, know nothing what these women went, went, went through, yeah. know nothing about what, what happened with Jenny Hermoso, who like to pile on and, ah, misogyny, blah, blah, blah. But there's also a lot of people who say, no, this is exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, it's you being stupid, you not recognizing. You could have gotten out of it with a heartfelt apology uh, and, and recognizing that this was damaging. You chose to double down, that's fine. This is the hill you're going to die on, yeah. uh, metaphorically, of course. Tottenham are two two nil uh, win two nil away to Bournemouth, and Spurs fans sing, "We've uh, got our Tottenham back." Jules, you're on board with Ball, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, we both are, Gabby. I think. I mean, again, they would be tougher test than Bournemouth away, uh, but Madison was really good. They were really good defensively too. I like I like what I see, and I think it's very positive for them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jose Mourinho is still suspended, which is probably a good thing, uh, Gabi, because he would not have enjoyed Roma's 2-1 defeat away at Verona on Saturday. That said, though, Romelu Lukaku is on his way, which, you know, could make both Roma and Chelsea very happy. Yeah, so about the game first, uh, I thought Roma actually played reasonably well. Uh, you know, they gave up an early goal. Yeah. Uh, there's a big Rui Patricio uh, blunder. The second goal, again, is, is is on the counter because we're pushing forward. Roma had a lot of possession in this game. I don't think they're super comfortable with a Definitely lot of not. possession. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Lukaku thing, they feel they need another forward. Um, does he make them better? Yeah, but what I would point out is Belotti scoring this season. He scored two goals on opening yeah, day. Yeah. You just signed Asmoon. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Tammy Abraham is out, going to be out for a long time, but you do have Paolo Dybala. You have Lorenzo Pellegrini, who, you know, isn't a striker, but plays just behind. Yeah, I do wonder a little bit, will we get into the situation where they get Lukaku, if they get Lukaku, and then all of a sudden you've got five attacking players and it's still Jose Mourinho. And yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. So I think it would require a difference in the way they play. They're still negotiating this. Essentially, there's two elements to it. Chelsea want a loan fee. They need a loan fee to help balance the books. Uh, Roma are going to try to negotiate that loan fee down. Um, the other element in this is, I think, Lukaku has to accept less money like he did last year yeah, at Inter. Inter yeah. Rome are confident, but then they've been confident for the last uh, 48 hours. Thiago Pinto and Ryan Friedkin are here in London, just a couple miles away, actually, um, talking probably as we speak, trying to get this done. Harry Kane bags two goals as Bayern beat Augsburg 3-1. Jules, this felt routine. Yeah, although it was tough to come, I thought. I didn't really like that first half, especially... Um, I mean, Augsburg, you kind of know what the game plan would be and how defensive they would be. But still, I think for a lot of time, it was just a very very slow game. And then he opened up... This is Tuchel's Bayern. Yeah, yeah. Slow. But it should this, be better this than is, that. This is the Chelsea version of it Tuchel. It should be better than that, though. Uh, in the end, he scored two goals. The first one is a penalty. The second one is a lovely finish on uh, on the Alfonso Davis cross. Yeah, okay, you take that, you move on quickly, but they will have to improve massively, especially for the Champions League. If they want to go far in the Champions League, in the league, for games like that, it should be enough. Hey, no Musiala. For a long time. And no Muller. Uh, he chose, rather than playing Thomas Muller, who came yeah, out of the Sa- sub, he played. chose, he, sort of, but they kind of felt like they kind of yeah. took turns with Sané, Coleman, Nabry taking turns to the middle. Is that 
significant? I don't know. I thought Sunny would play. I have to say, I thought Sunny would play and take the space vacated by Kane when Kane would drop, and that would be perfect. Because but that you, didn't happen. No. And neither with Gnabry. So I'm, 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 I was just to be puzzled by what they would, what the idea was when they had the ball with with that front four. But again, it's a work in progress. We can say that Ken has just arrived and would not have had much training sessions anyway. So let's let's say that they won. It's good. He scored two goals again. That's three now in in two games in the league. And then and then we see what they do next week. Juventus are held at home by Bologna 1-1 as my boy Paul Pogba makes his return. Yeah, both coaches were furious with the referee though after the game. Who had more reason to be angry? Thiago Motta or Max Allegri? Thiago Motta, 1 million percent. Yeah. I don't know. Max, Max Allegri should be angry with himself. I shouldn't make too much fun of him because supposedly he was furious. He was shouting in the uh, in the dressing room. They could hear him yeah. in the, in the yeah. press box, which is, which is upstairs. Uh, and then... Supposedly, he felt unwell, so couldn't face the media. Although later, the Juve's press office says, no, he wasn't unwell. He was just too tired. What? It's an yeah. odd one. I don't know why he's angry. Because the biggest mistake in the game, a mistake which is, I think, in line with... Uh, remember last season? I think we might talk about this later. About the Kukurea getting his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the VR. And the VR. So... And Doi is right there in front of goal. He's about to turn it in. Ealing Jr., uh, Samuel comes crashing into the back of him. I mean, I, seriously, he's like, what, three feet away from yeah. the goal. Um, ball nowhere near. Uh, or the, the ball's coming in, but getting Junior nowhere near the ball. The referee doesn't give it, which I think the referee was a case where he was partially unsighted, maybe. Still should have seen him, not very far Definitely. away. Definitely. But maybe he said, oh, that's okay. VR's got this. No. Nope. VR for whatever reason. <laughs> Don't got it. Yeah. Uh, and they don't give. So Thiago Motta really Yeah, angry. rightly so. I like, I like to look at performance more than results. Juventus did not play well. That first the first half last week when we said, oh, look, it's Allegri 2.0. They're attacking. They're fun. Uh-uh. No. That was an illusion. This was another really poor game. Yeah. Back to Manchester City. They've made a renewed bid for Wolves as Mateus Nunez. I think it's a package going up to $60 million, something like that. Yeah. You're going to get this done, Jules, aren't Yeah, you? I think so. I think so. He's the Gundogan replacement, really. Even if it's slightly different profile, Paqueta didn't happen. And unless unless Mateus Nunez at some point has, uh, you know, has put some, some bets somewhere in one country <laughs> or another, this one should happen, not like the Paqueta one. Is he as good as Paqueta? I don't think so. Does he have potential? Certainly so. He's younger. He's 24. He's younger. Yeah, he's younger. Uh, I think... I think Pep, again, could do something really interesting with him like he could do with Doku. It's a lot of money again on the back of Gvardiol and Doku. It's a, it's a big summer spending for City, uh, which is going to make them even stronger, to be fair. How about Napoli? Gab, they beat Sassuolo 2 0 quite easily as well. And while disappointing to miss out on Gabri Vega, who's going to Saudi Arabia, they can cheer themselves up with Eintracht Frankfurt, Jesper Lindstrom, although it's a different position. It's very close, but different position. It's still a midfield, probably a better fit than. Than Gabri Vega, maybe, not as maybe. talented as Gabri Vega, obviously. Uh, I think a more natural replacement, Lindstrom for for Zelinski, yeah, uh, going forward. Uh, I, Raspadori missed a penalty as well. You know, it could have uh, been three nails. Them, yeah. Your friend Maxim Lopez got himself stupidly sent off. I know, I know. Um, I know. And Erving Lozano probably uh, think on his way out. I would assume so if they can find a taker. There's been talk of uh, of PSV. Um, yeah. I think they are ready to move on um, yeah. at, at this stage. Also want to give Elmas uh, more space uh, this season. Um, but yeah, no fuss. And, and you know, guess who scored two? 
The best is yet to come. He's in fuego. Scored every league game this season. Yeah, he could have scored that? more than this one as well. Yeah, he didn't want to be yeah. mean. <laughs> this was back on Friday, but a late Jude Bellingham goal sent Real Madrid past Celta Vigo. And it's three wins in three for Carletto. Jules, is anybody other than Bellingham going to score for this team? I don't know. Certainly not Vinicius, who's out for four to five weeks, potentially with a muscular injury, uh, which... Bellingham is on pace to break Cristiano's scoring record. You know that. Yeah, so he scored more in the first in his first three games than Cristiano did in the first Stop, three games. We're going to anger the Cristiano fans. Cristiano scored in each of his first three games, so it's kind of similar. Um, a header, a very clever header, I thought he was, in a game that, because of the Vinicius injury, I think was made difficult for, 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 for Real Madrid, uh, Celta and, and Rafa Benitez. I don't know what you do now. I mean, I guess you start Rosselló, well, or you go back to maybe Rodrigo on his own up front, and then Bellingham behind him. The, and then you can play Brahim Diaz somewhere and Valverde on the right. I'm trying to think, is there a left-sided forward who's been linked with Real Madrid before who just has one year left on his contract? I don't know who you're talking about, but I think we should move you on. Know so the Vinicius is the only worry. I mean, he's the biggest worry. Even if Carlos said no more signing, that was before the injury. So let's see what happens. Um, yeah, look, I said it before, they need an extra body. They need, assuming yeah. Mbappe doesn't come and he's going to come at this stage, they need, I think, one yeah. extra body, not just Jose Lu. Yeah, that's true. Borussia Dortmund held 1-1 by Bochum away. Gab, I know this was a derby, but this was disappointing. I mean, this was a bad game. Could have been worse if Naaman Kobo making some yeah. big saves. Again, again, like he did last week. Yeah, and this is Bochum team, by the way. They got slapped around by Stuttgart 5-0 yeah. in week one. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they are good. not a good side. They're they're not good at all. Dortmund made them look like a good side. Your boy, Daniel Malin, you know, saving yeah. them again. Yeah, respect his name now, please. <laughs> but that midfield, man, like Sabitzer, so. Emre Sean. Come on, man. I like, know, man. It's, I he's know. got to sort that out. I agree. The Chabi Alonso love fest continues, no. Jules. By Leverkusen pummels Gladbach 3 now. Is this going to last? We'll see. We'll see. But Boniface scored. He was really good. I mean, we loved him last season at Union Saint-Geloise, of course. But he didn't score this many goals last season. No, but like, man, it was, it was, that's what, I mean, there's the Chabi Alonso effect. Maybe, you know, very, very interesting. Again, we praised them last season, last week, uh, for the win against Leipzig. We praised them again. I mean, Gladbach are nowhere near as good as they used to be, certainly. Uh, but that was very impressive, I thought, from Bayer Leverkusen. And, you know, if they keep, that kind of mentality, the intensity that they play with, which is which is really, really good. I think they can go and compete with Bayern. We've said that from the beginning. I think they're the closest competitors to Bayern than any other team. Dortmund, you know, Gladbach, and, Leipzig, whoever you want. I think they are the closest. And I think they're deeper than last year as well. Yeah, yeah, they have more depth for sure. Also back on Friday, but Chelsea beat Luton 3-0, the first win for Pochettino. Gab, you were there. Did you enjoy, enjoy the Raheem Sterling show or the Malo Gusto show? Which one do you prefer? Uh, it was a Raheem Sterling. Oh. I, 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 I enjoyed his goal. I, he looks way up for the he first looks very one. Sharp. Great. Nico Jackson also looking good. Um, collectively, I think Chelsea still some things to review. I don't want to be a uh, Debbie Downer, but you know, just one nil at halftime against the Luton team who I appreciate what Rob Edwards is trying to do. They tried to stick to the principles that got them up, but playing out from the back and so on. But these guys are terrible. Yeah, they're I mean, bad. Ross Barkley was the most technically gifted Luton player, unless I'm forgetting somebody. No, 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 he was. By a million yeah. miles. Yeah. And this is Ross Barkley, who's yeah. not particularly good anymore. Um, they're just completely overmatched. And yeah. You know what? I think at some point, I know it's a great fairy tale, Luton coming up. I hope they find a way to, to work their magic. Other teams have done it. 
but player for player, pound for yeah, pound, there is but. such an evident gap, uh, not just between with them and, and the other uh, teams in the Premier League, um, but the other promoted sides too, because I, I haven't watched Burnley and Sheffield United in person, but I've seen them play on television. And while they're not particularly good, they have far better yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. Long for season for them, yeah, definitely. More Chelsea reports out there suggest they got a call about Mark Kukurea from <laughs> Manchester United. So yeah. one of our colleagues, who happens to be a big Manchester United fan, I got a very grumpy message from him. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, would you prefer Kukurea or Marcus Alonso? Who's also being linked. Well, I mean, I think because of the show injury and Malaysia is also injured. If you have to play Diogo Dalot a left back, which you know it's not really it's not really good there. So I'm not surprised they're looking for something maybe alone somewhere. I mean, Cucurella would be. I think Chelsea would bite your hand off. If yeah, you... I mean I, they would drive him up there on the uh, M1 and M6. To be fair, um, I don't know. Isn't that, could Dalot do a job there for for four or five weeks? I don't know. Is there better than Cucurella that you can get on loan? Certainly, Marcos Alonso, probably as well. Let's not forget Marcos Alonso is more of a wing-back than a left-back. Cucurella is more... I don't really know where he is, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, if I was a United fan, I would not be keen on either, to be fair. Are Chelsea short if they let Cucurella go and they want to play back three all season long? That would be my yeah, slight maybe. concern. Lewis Hall is gone. Obviously, to Newcastle. Paul is also gone. I mean, not short in terms of the left back because you got Matson picking up. Yeah, yeah, uh, you can back up Chilwell. But in terms of the back three, because yeah. Thiago Silva, it's a long season. You've got Chalaba. Yeah, Badiashil. Uh, Badiashil, but he's injured. Yeah. Badiashil for fun, I mean, I suppose it depends yeah, yeah, yeah. When, they, when they come back. When they come back, yeah. Roberto Mancini has been officially announced as the new head coach of Saudi Arabia, replacing Hervé Renard. Gab is getting killed in the Italian media. But hey, he will be making some 100 million euros over the next three years. So, I'm... Okay, so first of all, there's a, they made a very cheesy video in Saudi uh, <laughs> to, to welcome him. And, you know, like, let's hit on every Italian stereotype. The opera music, oh, the coffee, the newspapers, whatever. Why did they do uh, that? Uh, because that, and I'm sure they didn't make it. They hired some clever company, probably based here in London, actually. Um, <laughs> that, that went and did it. Oh, let's see how many Italian stereotypes we can cram in here, right? Italian and Arab ones too, right? Yeah, because yeah. He looks out over the desert. Yeah, yeah, of nonsense. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't ride in on a camel or something. I mean, honestly, this this stuff is pretty revolting. Look, Roberto Mancini is free to do what he wants to do, and. If he wants to make even more money, I mean, I'm assuming he's already made $100 million in his career, given that Definitely. he was an outstanding footballer who had been a clever businessman and got paid a ton yeah. of money. And a successful a, manager as well. And a very successful manager too. Uh, I think there's a way to do this. And that way is not to resign after you've cooperated with the FA and kind of restructuring everything. Not last year, but this summer. Yeah. And then you resign because you say, oh, I don't feel the faith around me anymore. And then you go and you take this. Why not just come out and say, guys, yeah. we've had a good run. I've thought about it. Um, they're putting serious money in front of me. I'm going to go take this. You know, I'd love somebody to be grown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am doing this because even if he just says, like, the idea of a challenge in Saudi and a lot of money... I would respect that more, yeah, more than, than coming yeah, out yeah. and coming up with these other excuses yeah, I agree. Uh, about what you're doing. And the suggestions that the Italian FA might take legal action uh, against them now uh, as well. So mm. watch this space. Yeah. 
Monaco came from behind way back on Friday night to snatch a, snatch a draw at Nantes. Um, but Jules, they're top of the league. Yeah. And Flo Balogun is on his way. Who's happier, Adi Hutter or Arsenal, who get a nice big transfer fee? I think both of them. Adi Hutter really wanted him at the club. Brilliant Bolo has had a really bad ACL injury, so he's out for the season. And then they had Maron Bohadu, who's never really confirmed what we saw before. Didn't he score? Yeah, he scored. He scored the, the scored third goal to make it 3-3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's on his way to Salernitana, I think, in Italy. Um, so they thought Ben Yedder, who... He's, as you know, has been charged for rape. We're not really sure what's going to happen to him. And we need someone to compete with him for, for that number nine position anyway. And Balogun has a different profile, running in behind the pace, really good with Reims last season in Liga, So knows the league already, knows the country. Perfect. So 40, maybe a little bit more than 40 million euros. That's a lot of money for someone so young. But I think that's a good project for him, for Balogun. I think it's good for Monaco to have him. They really, really wanted him. They've started well this season. Adi Hutter was really happy with the 3-3 draw, despite some poor referring again, some poor decisions. The fact that they considered two goals very early on as well. But he was really happy. He's very happy with the progress. The top of the table, as you said, with, with Marseille, that we, we'll get on to a bit, a bit later. So good. And then you sign Balogun. So right now, I think Adi Hutter is a really good manager. And for Arsenal, they get the money that they wanted for their player who was never going to play with Arteta. It's just fine. I always had this, like, because as you know, I don't have a lot of faith in the strike core force of Gabriel Jesus, Eddie Nketiah, yeah. Leandro Trossard on a good day or and a bad Kai day, Havertz. as we saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, I agree. He is the best on earth. Uh, so I always thought in the back of my mind, like, oh, like, you know, Break, sh break glass in case of emergency. Ain't going to happen. No, I know. Three games, three defeats for Sevilla. The latest are home to Girona this weekend. And now reports that Marcus Acuna could also be leaving to Gab. Do you have any sympathy for Mendilibar? I do. Um, I think they've played better than, um, than their results suggest. But yeah. equally... Um, I'm kind of wondering, like, is he is he being punished for all his achievements with Sevilla winning the? <laughs> I Europa think he's too nice. League? He's too kind. He's too nice a guy. No, <laughs> but like, is, oh, you want Bunu out? Montiel out? Acuna? I mean, come on. I mean, Montiel, I could, I could take a Yeah, but still, but like, you don't replace him. No, and even the movements in the summer, Gouday is now like their big goal scorer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think Sevilla deserve better as a city and as fans, frankly. Yeah, I agree. It's not just Balogun saying ta-ta to the Gooners. Kieran Tierney is oh. off to Real Sociedad on loan. Jules, I guess Arteta just didn't think he offered what he wanted. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so, Gab. Real Sociedad is a strange choice. I mean, strange choice. It's a great experience, great adventure for him. Champions League football, of course. Uh, this season, I think he's going to play there, which is good. It's a very, it's a ball-playing team which is what Arteta obviously didn't think he was good enough for. So let's see what he does. Um, so he sends the guy who's not a ball player. Yeah, to okay. a ball playing team. I don't know. We'll see. There's no option to buy after this. It's a pure loan. So he's going to come back. I guess he's going to play. They just wanted him to go somewhere where he would play. Uh, Why did they loan him to Manchester United? I know. No, like, I know this would never happen. Like, Manchester United don't like taking players on loan. They, of course, the exception. And in England, it's frowned upon, like, ooh, loans. That's what Teddy teams do. And certainly not <laughs> loans from one big team to another team. But wouldn't that have made a lot more sense? Uh, yeah, then, then... You know, it's that yeah, stupid yeah. psychological thing where it turns out to be really good and it comes back to haunt you. I, that is no, I agree. That is an I irrational agree. sentiment. I agree. I agree. Aston Villa win three one at Burnley, but on their way home, the team bus is hit by a brick. Gab, is this a one off or a train back from the bad old days? 
I hope it's a one-off and this doesn't happen again. I mean, we've seen recent years, we've seen pitch invasions and so on. They've yeah. done a great job at, I think, at cutting down on, on violence um, and hooliganism in this country over the past 20-odd years. Uh, and also a lot of it, hooliganism away from the stadiums, which used to be a really big problem. I mean, yeah. you remember, like, you know, how much fun it was at King's, well, King's Cross in the 1980s. Here, all the I stores, can imagine, right? yeah. Um, that said, let's hope it's just some moron deciding to be a moron and nothing more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Marcelino's Marseille. I see what I did there. Our top of Ligue 1 yeah. after beating Brest 2-0. Uh, but Jules, plenty of comings and goings. Joaquin Correa is on his way in. Alexis Sanchez is on his way out. And Matteo Guendouzi yes. could be going too. Joining Lazio to replace Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. Your thoughts on yeah. the musical chairs? I mean, the game first, it was they were not good. Paolo Lopez served, served them. He had an incredible game, really. And Brest were really good. But Marseille won. They move on. Um... Correa is in Marseille. This one is through. He's going to play wide and not... I mean, he can play more central, of course, as a second striker. I think he brings them that kind of versatility, which is good. Alexis Sanchez... I guess Marcelino watched his like, YouTube highlights, and that's why... I think, I think in his 4-4-2, like, you know, your old dad 4-4-2, Marcelino... He's going to play wide in a 4-4-2. Yeah, that's the idea. Right, good, good luck on. with that. Alexis wanted to be back, he says, because his contract expired. And now he's, he's at Inter, but he said he wanted to be back to Marseille, but you need to be, you know, you need the two parts to kind of be in agreement for it to happen. So he slagged off Marseille, who didn't respond. They didn't want to respond to, to his message. Don't know what that means, because Marseille, I think, were quite keen to get Alexis back. He was really good for them last season. So I don't it know where... they didn't offer him enough money. That's the Yeah, reality. you think I so, mean. but I mean, come on. He's 34 years old. And Matteo Ganduzzi, yeah, Marseille needed some money. Um... And I think so they can pay for Correa. The f Correa is a this. is a loan. Um, yeah, with an obligation to buy. No? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, 15 million euros for Ganduzi. That's decent. I think at some point they wanted 30. They thought they could get 30 for him. We will see. I, I he's very keen on going to Lazio, to Rome, to work with Sari. I don't know if he's if he can make Lazio better because they haven't had a good start of the season. They've lost both their games this season. Yeah. So we see. Uh, but it's, I don't know, he started really well in Marseille and then, and then he could not really keep it up. The European Commission has opened an inquiry into state funding of football clubs, Gab, which can violate competition law, they say. I assume this would affect Manchester City, Newcastle and PSG. Is this a big deal? Yeah, so the European Commission, what they don't want, and the European Union in general, what they don't want is, because it's one single market, is the idea that in some countries you have governments helping certain companies to compete in ways which are which distort the market or which or which are deemed to be unfair um there's two hurdles with this um one is they have to prove that manchester city newcastle and paris saint-germain have ties to the government of those yeah. countries and obviously they would argue if they were lawyers they would say oh no Manchester City is, uh, is a Sheikh Mansour's personal investment because he's such a massive football fan um, Newcastle of course oh look it's the sovereign wealth of Saudi Arabia yeah but it's a separate and distinct legal entity look you know the this British court said so Paris Saint-Germain oh but it's the um, is it QSI yeah nothing to do with uh, nothing at all I don't know uh, what you're talking about <laughs> so uh 
So that's the whole legal aspect to yeah. it. I mean, they've been under pressure to do this for a while. I think it was it was Lommel actually in uh, in Belgium who initiated this whole thing uh, initially. Uh, and then the other thing is, how can they get involved and what actions can they take? Um, I think obviously it's no secret. There's teams all over Europe who would welcome them taking action. Yeah. Uh, and if you're wondering why this affects Manchester City and Newcastle, because uh, the England or United Kingdom not in the uh, European Union anymore, it's because simply because they do business in the European Union. If you do business there, you have to um, you have to follow certain regulations. Davy Moyes in West Ham went three one away to wow. Roberto de Zerbi's Brighton. Yeah, Jules, are you impressed? No, or, because it's Davy Moyes. You just tell me it's a smash and grab, yeah. and de Zerbi's a it's genius. It's not that. It's just uh, it's just old school West Ham. What Moyes does, play on the counter, five percent possession. Okay, it's a bit more than five percent. And good. This is this is how you be Brighton. This is what you would do against City, against Arsenal. The really high defensive line you exploit. The I took a lot of pleasure watching Ben Rama's ball for Bowen, Bowen's first touch and finish. I think that was exceptional. Thank you. That was exceptional. And I go back to my point. When you have Bowen, Ben Rama, Paqueta in your team, you should be playing much better football than what West Ham do. But in this time, they got it right. Fair play. Credit to Moyes, credit to the players. This was the way to play against them. Even if without an amazing Alphonse Areola, Paris born and bred, of course, they would not have won that game. They would have drawn it 3-3 or maybe lost it 4-3. But Areola saved them many, many, many times. And in the end, they won. I don't like this way of football, but hey, it worked. So good for them. You want a World Cup playing like this? Not really. Not really. Right. But anyway. God, the Premier League is cracking down on time wasting in an effort to improve ball in play time. And you've seen some early data on this. Yes. You love and, this kind of Me and everybody who watched Match of the Day last night. So... Ball and play time, yeah. when, mind you, the target is 60 minutes. Last year was an average of 54 minutes and 52 seconds. This year, so far, through three games, 58 minutes and 54 seconds, right? So they've gained four minutes of actual football. If you so, add 20 minutes of added time, ah, every but half. here's the thing the time added on has increased by less than three minutes. So to me, this at least proves that if you add time at the end, you do cut down on, on time wasting because otherwise it would have increased by the amount yeah. of time that it was added on, right? So this to me shows that Howard Webb's idea, at least so far, There's works. not much though. There's a minute difference. But it's a huge, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it, but it's, it makes a big difference. It, it takes you closer. And look, <laughs> yeah. the age old, no, the, I know. The age old issue, has more to do with style of play and so on. The age-old issue is that some teams where the ball never goes out of play and they play it on the ground might have 63, 64 minutes and other teams where they just launch it and foul yeah. each other, then it could be 47 minutes. Nothing you can do about that. But I think you are moving in the right direction. And I think this is going to give them confidence to persevere. Cristiano Ronaldo would be annoyed with us if yeah, we didn't tell the world he got a hat trick for yeah. Al Nasser as they won 5-0 away to El Fateh. So, Jules... Please let the people know. Yes, people. Cristiano scored a hat trick, you know, for Al Nasser against Al Fateh this weekend or this week or this weekend. I didn't see it. I don't know. I, I didn't even know. Sadio Mane scored two goals. Okay. Wait, we mean didn't see it. But weren't we all going to go and like do a big deal, acquire the rights of the Saudi Pro League yeah. and stuff? And like, but not this weekend. Maybe next weekend, I'll be. But not this weekend. Right. I wasn't. Um, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of people missed. 
missed it too. So now everybody knows that Cristiano scored a hat trick. Is this his first hat trick in the Saudi league? Yeah, I believe so. So I'm sure he's had some in training. I can't yeah, believe we're not I'm counting sure. those. <laughs> Betis lose to Athletic Bilbao 4-2, but it's Isco who wins the Man of the Match awards and scores his first goal in two years. Yes, I want to just talk about Isco, and I thought you would want to talk about Isco of because you're all to. about the Techers. Techers. How nice is it? Is Very it nice. To see him back. I mean, yeah. Betis is a team, stuff to work on. The, the, the Williams brothers got to them a little bit. Uh, but... Come on, man. Like, Isco. Like, there's one pass. I know. That, that, that he hits. It's good. Mean, it's, it's great. It's and great. they're in the lead, yeah. And I'm wondering, could he work his way back to the Spanish national team? I don't know. I don't know. And how do Betis fans feel about him, Sevilla, Betis, you know, like kind of stuff? I don't know, but he's special. He's, he's special. special. Strasbourg fans, speaking of fans, don't yeah. really like this whole multi-club ownership thing, Jules, do no, they? No, they don't. They don't. Gab, the Mino Stadium was, I thought, red hot this weekend. I mean, Strasbourg won. is the, the, be the best start of the season in 24 years. So in a way, you would think the takeover has worked and the fans would be happy. But no, it's not really in the French culture, you know, this. I mean, I well, don't know who's Being culture. somebody else's boot boy? Yeah. <laughs> I know, but... You could also see in a positive way, in a sense that they have players that they would have never been able to get without the change of ownership. So and what? They're not your players. They belong to somebody else. No, true, but you still have them for the season. Yeah. So, you know my thoughts on multi-club ownership. I it, do, I do. It, it is interesting that... Um, I'm going to be interested to see how it goes. Because for multi-club ownership to work for the main club, you have to stock the feeder club. Yeah with players and exercise a certain influence on them it's funny manchester city who you know are one of the daddies of this along with with red bull the rebel organization they haven't actually done they this. don't do that so they much. don't do that no and the reason they don't do that is because local fans generally don't want it yeah right um it's interesting to see it's a nice idea i think strasbourg might be too far up the food chain to do it because you're talking about a club that has a European history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, big fan base. The other, because I was thinking, are they the? Well, maybe maybe Palermo is the biggest club historically to yeah. be a, kind of a, a number two club. Yeah, you know, in the food chain, and and those guys are just happy that the club just isn't bankrupt again. But <laughs> you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, definitely, definitely. It, no, it's it, Scott McTominay, so Bayern and Manchester United doing a swap. Do you like this? Does it make... I mean, why would Bayern want Scott McTominay? Uh, it makes... So I guess the logic is Ryan Gravenberg is presumably on the naughty step somehow at yeah, Bayern. Yeah, and clearly, yeah. Maybe if he goes to United, he's reunited with uh, Uncle Eric. For sure, yeah. Uh, McTominay's a guy who will run around and give you effort and size and physicality and... Maybe in terms of a pure holding midfielder, there's nobody who does that at, uh, at Bayern, right? Because, yeah, Kimmich is more of a passer, although he's got that side of it too. Maybe that's the logic here. I don't know. Maybe. Sure. But what I would question about Gravenbush is Gravenbush is more of an attacking player. So you're yeah. kind of you're kind of getting like a Dutch Mason Mount yeah, exactly. guy yeah. who you already yeah. have Mason Mount. Yeah. And you have the guy Mason Mount supposed to replace, Christian Eriksen. Yeah, yeah. And... McTominay. I, I, I mean, come on. I, 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 but, what about this they take Maguire as well? They swap Maguire for De Ligt or Maguire for Kim? No, no, no. Because remember, they, they, you need three. 
No, no, they need they need more because remember they're going to get Bella Kochap too. Supposedly we're linked with him. Oh yeah, right? of course, yeah. So yeah, you could you seriously just line them all up, have a defensive colossus. We put them one. You know, this, you, you can have, have a back four of centre backs like City or no, France in the twenty eighteen World a Cup. Back five. Look, you've got you've got Sven Ulrich, right? Who needs all the help he can get. Let's yeah, or Dan Peretz right? now. They've got at least they've signed a better goalkeeper than Ulrich. Yeah, Dan Peretz with his one Israeli cap. Maybe mm. we'll see, right? <laughs> Um, you can line line them up across the goal line. You've got Delict, Upamecano, yeah. Kim, yeah. Bella Kochap, and Maguire. Oh my that, god. That's a that's lot it. of volume. That takes up a lot of space. You'd be so good on set piece. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> Lionel Messi made his Major League Soccer debut on Saturday night as Miami beat the New York Red Bulls 2-0. Jules, he only played the last half hour, <laughs> but has now scored in eight consecutive games. It's just too easy for him. It's as simple as that. I mean, I think we knew. We kind of knew it before he joined, but still, to see him like that, just he's probably even playing in second gear, maybe even 50%, and he's still that good and that but much better. What I find remarkable is they were winning 1-0 before he even came on. So yeah. it's almost like this team, this last place team, yeah. actually started doing Tired better before, before he even steps on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were all the, there were all the reasons why they are better now than they, they used to be, the manager and a few other players too. Remember this time last year when Mark Correla's hair was pulled back and both referee Anthony Taylor and VAR Mike Dean did nothing about it against Spurs and, and Romero. Well, Mike Dean, who is now retired, Gab, told us why. Yeah, and I thought it was the absolute worst possible explanation. I'm why sad that they even can't take it? any action against it. How stupid is he to admit it even? I Because he's an absolute dolt and <laughs> it speaks to the generation. No, it speaks to the generation of referees in the big boys club that, yeah. that, that thankfully Howard Webb is is, is, is getting rid of. He's already gotten so. rid of yeah, a lot yeah. of these guys. Basically, he said, all right, if you remember this, the, the, this is when Chelsea played, uh, played Spurs. Uh, Kukurea's hair gets pulled, very obviously. Mm. Taylor doesn't see it because Taylor does not have 360 Fair degrees. Enough. Fair enough. That's why you have a VAR. Mike Dean is the VAR. He's watching the pictures. The whole world sees it, right? Yeah. And Mike Dean explained that, oh, well, I didn't want to send him to the screen because, you know, he'd had a difficult game and I didn't want to get him in trouble. And he's my mate. And, yeah, and he's he used the mate. word mate. Yeah. I don't want to focus on And he's on a good that. mate or something like I said. Because, like... Why? Because, well, first of all, if you were his mate, you would help him. Because you would help him because VARs are there to help the referee, right? Nobody would have criticized, no no normal, I shouldn't say normal, normal because there's a lot of Muppets out there who, who do what we do. But no normal person would have criticized Anthony Taylor for missing the Kukureya one. No. Because you're not sure. That's what VAR is there for, right? So no, you would have been only helping him. Yeah. And this generation of former referees, uh, of, of referees, they should have never been allowed to be VARs because clearly yeah. they're not in the VAR mindset. They don't understand what it means to be a video system referee. Yeah, yeah. You're there to help the referee, not to embarrass him. And it wouldn't have embarrassed him. Actually, it would have helped him. So personally, I'm glad he's gone. I don't oh want to see God. him. Yeah. He's still out there in the media, whatever. Yeah. I, and honestly, Mike, if you think you're being unfair, reach out to us because this... This is really bad what this you did. Unacceptable. It's really bad. And it's not that you want to focus, it's not the mate thing. I don't care about it. People use the word mate all the time, right? I don't know if they're friends yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you did not act like a friend there if he really is Definitely. your friend. Yeah, yeah. Jules, on this that brings note, us on that to note. an end <laughs> on this fine note. Um, 
I won't be here on Thursday, but I'm on assignment. I'm not on holiday. So stop it with this Gabber Jewel show nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I'll be at the UEFA Champions League Raw. Yeah. You'll be here with Nadim. Yeah. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. <laughs>